This is just Talk With Sam Podcast, y'all. Just Talk With Sam Podcast. Just put your name on it. If you don't talk about it, be about it. I Review on iTunes, Joe. But it's obvious if y'all just listen, we, we never write this out. Hey, what's up, what's up? It's your man, Sam, host of Just Talk With Sam Podcast. Just Talk With Sam Podcast. Man, we got a special guest calling in for you guys. We've been kind of talking about this for a while, but now I'm very happy to introduce you guys to those who don't know him. Australian composer, lyricist, musician, comedian, acting, the writer, producer, director. He does it all. Tim Minchin is joining the podcast to talk about his latest project, it is called his his te- all right debut album, twenty years in the making of Apart Together. I really enjoyed this album. I like listening to it. It's a nice storytelling album that goes from one person's perspective over vast different scenarios in his life. And quite honestly, we jump into this a lot. And those who want to see him instead of just hear him, you can catch him on this season's of Upright on the Sundance app. That, that's how I watched it, but if you go on Amazon, if you go through all of that, you can check out the show Upright. It's a fun show. It's a fine show. I love it. And um, what you are going to see in this interview with my man Tim mentioned is me trying not to ask for spoilers. It's actually pretty cool. But before we jump into this awesome interview with my man Tim Minchin, um, I want you guys to go to the home for everything related to the Just Talk With Sam podcast. That is samshownation.com. Yes, samshownation.com. Your home for everything related to the Just Talk With Sam pro, uh, podcast is all right there. And speaking of right there, one thing you guys have been doing for the last 10 years since we've been operating is hitting that donate button on the home page and current promotions page. By hitting the donate button, you, yes, you are keeping the free funny going. And by doing that, we greatly appreciate it. You guys knock out server costs and just the cost it takes to run a podcast. And we thank you guys so much for doing so. But those who want to contribute to the podcast, want a little bang for your buck, want a little receipt for your wares, you can always go to samtronation.com. Hit the store link. By hitting the store link, you, yes, you can get all your Just Talk With Sam podcast swag right there at the store. Whether that be t-shirts, whether that be hats, whether that be stickers, it's all right there. So please... Go ahead, um, get whatever you need right then and there, 
the um just talk with sam podcast store right there speaking of the podcast itself you can always go to samtronation.com hit that podcast link by hitting the podcast link you can yes you can listen to all of your favorite podcasts from just talk with sam podcast um by hitting that podcast link or you could listen to them again you can catch up you can whatever you want to do it's all right there all of our podcasts are there but maybe you listen to podcasts a little bit differently we got you covered that away too you can hear the sam show nation um all of the library of podcasts right there from just talking sam podcast wherever podcasts can be found it is we're on google play spotify stitcher tune in cast box um amazon and the big dog itself applepodcast.com so please check us out please go ahead subscribe rate and review on whatever platform you are listening to we greatly appreciate it speaking of greatly appreciate it here's a word from our sponsors we got a few this week before we jump into the um excellent podcast that you are about to listen to the first promo this week from one of our sponsors are the good people at omaha steaks yes omaha steaks are gonna have you right this thanksgiving yes go to samshownation.com you click on the omaha steaks link you can get your thanksgiving menu started right now so by doing that go to samshownation.com it doesn't necessarily have to be turkey it can be beef it could be chicken it could be seafood you could pick your starters and your sides you can get everything that you need for and give thanks if you like me you're already on it and you may want to hurry up by going to samshownation.com right now free shipping on any impressive gift package value packed feast or anything beginning at $79.99 you may want to hurry up and they'll get it delivered free please go ahead and do that because i know you got thanksgiving is so close you guys don't even know it sneaks up on you because of all the halloween stuff and the whole christmas thing honestly thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because we know what it is we cooking we eating we're watching the lions try to win a football game that's thanksgiving in a nutshell so here we go get ready for your thanksgiving by going to samshownation.com and clicking the Omaha Steaks link. By doing that, get your main course, your starters, your sides, vegan options, whatever. Desserts. They have desserts. Go ahead. Do it up right at omahasteaks.com. The next sponsor is the good folks at Target. Yes, that Target. You can check out their most popular deals by going to samtronation.com. You click that link and you can do something that I have been taking advantage of. I know we talk about Thanksgiving sneaking up on you, but Christmas is coming in. It's going to be weird. It's a COVID year. We get it. But don't be out there in those crowds. You could go to samtronation.com. You hit that target link and you could get Black Friday now. It's Black Friday's now. And you could go there and get all of the deals each and every week get the black friday deals right now when you go to samshownation.com get black friday now whatever deals it is you don't have to fight a crowd you can just go ahead and just jump into black friday deals right now target got everything you need and you can have it sent to your house or you can go to your friendly neighborhood target 
and pick it up as soon as today. So please go to samshownation.com, click the target link, get the best deals, and start Black Friday right now. And lastly, and certainly not leastly, the big dog, Amazon.com. Amazon.com has everything from A to Z. And if you go to samshownation.com, click the banner on the homepage, current promotions page. But one thing, I know my guest would love it if you did. Go to Amazon.com. Put in Tim Mention in the search bar and check out all the goodness there, including his debut album, Apart Together. You could get it right then and there. It's released on November 20th. But you can pre-order right now. And if you pre-order through Amazon, you can listen to a couple of cuts. You can check out Upright Season 1. And you, man, such a good show. It's so many things he's been a part of. Storm, Jesus Christ Superstar. You can hear some songs from Matilda. It's all right there. All things Tim mentioned. But check out the album. It's so good. Um, speaking of the album, what we're going to do, I'm going to play a song that... um kind of jumps into the album a little bit it is the debut single from the album apart together it is the single apart together and after that we're gonna have a great interview with my man tim mention i'll see you guys after the song On the way to a show Had the story of an elderly couple Found dead in their mobile home They'd been there a month, they say Seemed to be no decay I guess the upside of freezing to death Is that you to stay that way Locked in each other's arms Eyes closed and faces calm They may have lain there till spring If it weren't for the ping of their smoke alarm God show works in mysterious ways Died of power bills left unpaid Found by a neighbor who heard the ping Dropped around offering double A's mm. I think this could last Entropy 
If you promise to stay with me, I'll give you my heart. Knowing things fall apart, praying you will decay with me. Locked in each other's arms, eyes closed and faces calm. In the morning, a new life will dawn. So maybe don't set the alarm. Maybe I think this could last forever. Hey Tim, how you doing? I'm good. All Thank right. you for talking to me. Oh,、uh, just thanks for coming to the podcast, man. This is awesome.、Um, I just want to put it up front. I have been a fan of yours for quite some time. I have been following your career since、um, pretty much Timmy the Dog. Really? Yeah. How is that possible? I'll tell you how that's possible. I have a pretty cool roommate in college. So what we used to do is trade albums. So what we'll do, we'll say like, you listen to this from my collection, and I'll listen to some from your collection, and then from that, I got turned on to、uh, Dark Side. I got turned on to Soul Rock, as well as your comedy stage, and that just jumped into your whole career. So then from there, I just kind of like had this.、Uh, Look out!、Um, wow, that is amazing. And you guessed、That's、it on a、so、few miles as well. So that's so here we cool. are. Wicked. Well, that's、uh, I want to get to well, it. Well, that's so cool, though. But um, before we even get started with the podcast, how have you been holding up during the pandemic? Are you okay? How, how have you been doing? Oh, how much do you want to know? I mean, let's、I'm、get、right. it. I mean, like you want to jump into it. I'm all right. I mean, I was doing all right.、Um, yeah, unfortunately, I'm in Perth at the moment. Just came out of quarantine for two weeks because we've had to rush to Perth because my mum, who four weeks ago was a very healthy 71 year old, has now got a terminal leukemia diagnosis. No, I'm so sorry to hear that. We're in a pretty bad sort of.、Uh, I mean, look, I'm all right, but it's、um, it's a bit dramatic. Uh, so yeah, and and that thing with the with the pandemic in Australia, we've got the state borders are basically shut. So you had、mm-hmm. to to get from Sydney to Perth, you had to get an exemption and sit in a house for two weeks, and all this stuff that you've been reading about suddenly is affecting us、uh, personally because I have to go back to Sydney and my mum's dying all of a sudden, and I don't really know how I'm going to get back and forth, you know. 
but I can't just stay in Perth and wait because my kids go to school in Sydney and, you know, so it's, it's totally shit, but um, hey, it does make man, you appreciate good stuff, you know? Yeah, 2020 sucks as a whole. Yeah. I mean, so we're putting our stuff on the table. Unfortunately, my parents uh, left us this year, both of them. Right. Oh, like, no. On two very separate occasions. And oh, no, Sam. What, what, oh, fuck. And, yeah, it's a weird, weird time. And the key is it does, like you said, it does make you appreciate everything. So from here on out, I find myself being or at least trying to be a better father, a better yeah. husband, a better everything, because, you know, time is finite and you don't know how much you got. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just appreciate the I time. That's right. right. I'm having real moments of almost euphoria just uh, on a nice day or like really appreciating good moments with my kids because yeah, you're really faced with how freaking vulnerable it all is, you know? Now, this is a hand-fisted except, Wick, but I'm going to do it. I'm a professional, right. sort of. Um, I mean, like, this kind of ties into the album. I actually felt pretty good about it because your music hit on every form of emotion. I mean, like, when I sat back and I listened to the album, not just to, as recreation, just to kind of prepare for this, it's very relatable. Um, obviously, I don't think you knew you were going to be going through this. Yeah. at the time you know of recording however there is this like um like the lyrics seem to me coming from a very personal place but it's still relatable some is upbeat some not so upbeat um how did you want to just kind of essentially put yourself on the tracks when you record yeah it's kind of weird how um relevant it feels I've had this weird experience of feeling like um, my life's mirroring my art a bit. Like um, I made this TV show, helped make a TV show called Upright about a guy struggling to get to Perth because his mum's terminally ill. And then, you know, two years later it's happening. And and the album as well seems to, I guess I, I, I really started writing it after I'd moved home from LA and, I was feeling a bit down about some of the sort of stuff that the kind of brutal industry in LA and I wasn't really enjoying my work and I was, I guess I'd turned 40. And so, so the album really is, is kind of without making it sound dreary, cause I don't think it's dreary, it's but it is about, about the passage of time and um, about how quickly time seems to have passed a bit. And there's, a lot of songs that kind of, you know, like if this plane goes down, which talks about, you know, slightly facing up to the idea of your... Holly, that... that, that feels relevant all of a sudden now i'm curious um like we touched on those but like i want to take a song like um i'll take lonely tonight which was sweet sort of <laughs> because like <laughs> it, it's sweet because you do pass the temptations of what could be you know given on the road however if you're telling this to your like 
I tried to kind of mimic that in my mind, telling that to my wife. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a few follow-up questions. <laughs> I'm curious, what made you write that? Or what, what made you jump into that mindset where you're just like, hey, look, I got to just put this on front street. This is what happens when I'm out. Yeah, well, look, I... I, I... I, I always want to write about common experiences, but I'm very, very, uh, I try very hard not to talk about them in cliched ways. You know, I, okay. I'm not a, I'm not a good pop song writer because I, I do sort of have a tendency to try and take new angles on stuff. And a lot of the time when I talk about love, because I'm, I'm unusual in my industry and at my age, in that I've been with the same partner since I was a teenager. I mean, we broke up and stuff. So, um, uh, but but we've been together since we were 17. And um, and when you're in our industry, as you know, most people don't hook up with their partners till later. It's a very sort of freewheeling yeah. sort of game. And, and so I can only talk about love and relationships from my point of view, really. I can, I can make it up, I suppose. But one of the things along what I went through, which is going from anonymity to being someone who people wanted to come and see and having a bit of power, I guess. I get, um, okay. One of the things is that you find yourself in, you know, and I'm, I'm, I like a drink and I'm a bit of a flirt and you do find yourself in situations where you think, ah, you know, I'm in a hotel room. There's a reason why people cheat and stuff. It's, 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 when it's not because we're evil it's because we're human yeah and i just wanted to unpack that and because in a long-term relationship you do have to reassert your choice over and over again you're not soulmates doesn't matter how much you want to be or how much how romantic you are or how many films you watch or what you wore on your wedding day there's no such thing as soulmates there's just a choice to support each other and to keep making the commitment to each other over and over again through good times and bad and all that and so lonely tonight's kind of yeah there's no doubt my my wife's like uh you're writing a song about that stuff now but you but we've been together for 27 years we've talked about this stuff it's not like it's the first time we ever yeah you didn't just spring it on her no i didn't just go like oh yeah I, you know i almost kissed a girl once i mean come on we got, we're all grown-ups um and and actually it's a very romantic song in a way it is and people respond to it quite emotionally depending on their own experiences. And quite honestly, I, um, I tested the waters a little bit. Um, <laughs> I let my wife hear it. I looked at her because this year we're celebrating 10 years of marriage. And we're, we're dealing with, not in a, I want to say evil way, but, you know, you look at it differently from now, from a decade ago. Yeah. So it, it's like, you know, you get married, it's full of love and everything. But right now, it's kind of like a bet. It's kind of like, yeah. I love you. I bet you I love you more than you love me. I bet half my shit I love you more than I love you. Yeah, totally. So, so, like, I get the companionship, and obviously I do love her and everything yeah. like that. But when you hear stuff like that and you go through your daily life, you you kind of understand where, like, you didn't mean to do anything or you're not setting out to do something or you're definitely not setting out to hurt the other.
about and I'm literally putting her on a pedestal and my my wife's not a goddess uh, you know she's just each other for longer than half our lives so she isn't a Greek myth but the through line of everything yeah. I try and make these days is really the narrative we choose to tell. And, you know, as you know, I'm a, an atheist. I don't, I don't, and I don't believe in fate and I don't believe in soul and I don't believe I'm a materialist. Um, so all that's left is the meaning we bring things and the stories we tell ourselves. And one of those stories is religion and stuff. And that one doesn't suit me, but you know, the, these songs are partly stories I'm telling to remind myself of what I value and stuff. You know, in a lot of your work, and I, I hope anything offbeat, but you've been labeled a bit as a bit of a provocateur because you're yeah. not afraid to go to those areas. You're not afraid to sit down and have those uncomfortable conversations with people, whether it be about the It may not come with it. And throughout your career, that's kind of been a gift and a curse. And I kind of see that a little bit in this album where you you are expressing your true feelings, but at the same on some parts. Yeah. I, I guess my that's a long-winded way to say what what go into those not so safe areas head first. No, I mean, I think it's just a compulsion. I think probably if I'm being critical of myself, it's sort of early on, it's a bit attention seeking. Like a lot of people who get into comedy, you're sort of going, oh, I, I dare to say these things. And uh, if I look back on my career, the hell of a lot of stuff I'm proud of uh, and, and that my tendency to say the things you're not meant to say has done good. Mm-hmm. Um, especially here in Australia where I do a bit of political sort of, you know, my song about uh, George Pell, who's a cardinal of the Catholic Church, who I thought was shirking his responsibility to face up to some child abuse uh, accusations of people he was in charge of. And, and, and that song had a really big impact on a lot of abuse survivors who contacted me, and I'm proud of that, even though I got a lot of criticism and hatred in the right-wing press. There's other stuff from early days that I just go, I was young and trying to be edgy and I didn't really, um, it's just sort of childish or a little bit ignorant or whatever. But I think I think it's just a compulsion. It's a bit show-offy. But over the years, I've sort of honed it into a bit of a weapon, I guess. And this album certainly doesn't do that although as you point out something like i'll take lonely tonight is a slightly it's not a bad way no but it's it's still a tendency to try and unpack stuff and and look it in the eye and i talk about this album as a romantic unromantic or an unromantic romantic album but the whole mission of what i'm trying to make is to say um 
is to find the romance in the brutal truth of things, is to find the beauty in the brutal truth of things. But that's what I like about this album, because it's not cliche. It's not like um, a praise fest. It's not a romantic comedy. It's real. It's like, like, okay, there are good things about being with, you know, your partner, but sometimes some things does get a little mundane. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And when you find the little pieces, the little tidbits and the beauty in those, that makes it worthwhile. So that's exactly right. How do we tell ourselves a story that allows the mundane to also be beautiful? Right. And that's kind of what I got from this, mainly because like some of your (laughs) at least three of your songs are about your commute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like, a lot of time traveling. Yeah, yeah. When you really think about it, yeah, it is. And yeah, you sit back and think about it. It's sort of like, oh yeah, because you look at Tim Mention. Oh, he's a real person, and yeah, he has to do this. But while he's in his commute, while he's in traffic, while he's traveling, he is thinking about these things. Mm-hmm. And to oh. have a, you know four or five minutes to sit back and think about those while you're doing something totally mundane is actually kind of, you know, it's eye opening. And most yeah. people don't want to get to those waters because they will be perceived as boring or they will be perceived as something else. That's right. And, or, or some people are not into this journey. Uh, another example is um, I love unpacking in my head that, you know, we are one solar system in, you know, 200 billion potential solar systems in just our galaxy, which in turn is one galaxy in a potential trillion galaxies in a universe that might be only one universe in a multiverse. And, and, tr- and trying to get my head around those distances, which is impossible, but meditating on how tiny we are, uh, brings in me a feeling of euphoria. I mean, it's disturbing at times, but uh, I really care about um, trying to get my head around that. Some people do not want to think about that. They find it really discombobulating. Uh, Brian Cox calls it cosmic vertigo. They they don't like thinking about how small they are, whereas I do. And similarly, people don't want to, you to unpack romance or pick through the notion of fate or, for that matter, really stare in the face of death. People don't really necessarily want to be on the mission where you, where you say your death is the end of your life and you're just atoms. Whereas I feel very, I find all that stuff really beautiful. I remember I did um, a speech at my old university, Sam, that you might have seen that like, lots of people in America watched, actually, because it was sort of pseudo-inspirational. And it, it, it really is a sort of manifesto about how to try and be a good person in a meaningless universe. And, uh, and some of the comments under that video um, when it was passed around from people who don't believe the universe is meaningless, who believe there's, um, you know, higher power or whatever, they just, okay. they've, watched, they've watched a speech where I've been incredibly passionate about life but their comments were like, what a sad life you must have. And it's like, wow, there's a real gap. Um, There's a real intellectual gap here because you can't watch that speech and think I've had a sad life. I'm literally talking about how special life is and how you have to grab it and fill it because it's your one 
chance and like it's a really passionate speech and half the people or three quarters of the people in the comments are like wow i watch this speech every week because it's so inspiring and then there's this other bunch of people are like how sad i'm like wow there's a big old gap here it is and one thing i've learned with people tim is my unfortunately hurt people hurt people yeah so if you learn that and you can identify that um you're going to, unfortunately, um, and I'm guilty of this too. I try to remind myself, never scroll, never read the comments. Ah, no. no, I never do these days. But you know, that's such I try, that hurt, I people try, hurt, hurt, but yeah, I'm, it's, such, uh, it's such good wisdom. And when you see it, it's just sort of like, I, I, whatever's in my brain, I threw away the 99.9% of the people who thought I did a good job. I just focused yeah. on that one. And unfortunately, I just got sucked into whatever that person was doing. So I had to learn that lesson. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing I would like to say is, even though there is some aspects of that where, and I love your work because it it does make you think and it does make you look outside the box, but you're a bit of a crowd pleaser too. I mean, when you did uh, Matilda, which is one of my favorite just growing up watching the movie and then now seeing it like live action and then groundhog day, which is, you can't go wrong with that. How did you feel being a little bit of, um, where you, where you got those good feelings from, I guess, nostalgia from people like myself who yeah. remember that instead of, and I'm, I'm saying this out loud, forcing people to think critically. Yeah. How was that the contrast between, what you normally do versus, you know, the reception of the two worlds. Well, I think um, Matilda was so good for me because, you know, all I wanted was a career in the arts. You know, when I was in my teens, I I didn't have Broadway lights in my eyes. I was just thinking maybe I could get a job at a piano bar. You know, I didn't, I wasn't like, I'm going to be a star. Um, I, and so when I started doing comedy and being a bit provocative, started getting me an audience, I just went with it because I was just like, oh, I've got a career. My God, maybe I don't have to get a day job, you know? Yeah. And so when Matilda came along, it wasn't so much that I had to turn a corner as that I was allowed to stop poking the bear, as they say. And it really refocused me on the fact that I don't need to be provocative because I've got other skills you know I'm, I'm an okay lyricist and I, I care about story and I can write from the point of view of others which I guess is a big thing if you're a theatre writer I it seems with Matilda that I was able to write from the point of view of a five-year-old genius and the point of view of a, a very um, damaged you know 30-year-old woman in Miss Honey and a despot in Miss Trunchbull and and that just set off a whole other area of my life where I got to write Groundhog Day. And again, that's a very meditative, very funny, yeah. quite satirical, but basically a meditation on how to have meaning in a meaningless universe. And, uh, and then I got to make up right, which I'm, you know, super proud of. Um, so it, I guess it, it kicked open the door for me where I got to go and tell stories that go for the heartstrings and are a bit more mainstream and I'm really comfortable in that area as well. In fact, I'm thrilled that I got to do that and I didn't get trapped in comedy and satire. I, I love that I got a career out of comedy, but it's not me particularly. It's not, 
I'm not that interested in comedy. I'm interested in theater and stories, you know. But that's one thing I think I like the most about Upright because it does have comedic beats, but it is by no means a comedy. And what made you switch? What made you just say, like, look, I want to take a chance on this? Because, I mean, the low-hanging fruit is to make that a comedy. Yeah, well, it certainly was pitched to me as a comedy. I think it was just where I was in my life, like, I I just saw the, the, you know, it came to me, this guy, my friend Chris Taylor had this idea about a guy trying to get across Australia with a piano. It's just a sort of concept. And he and and he had this idea that he, um, it was like an odd couple thing with a runaway. And it was very much meant to be a comedy, I think just where I was in my life. And, and also I just, I was feeling a bit like I didn't want to just write gags. But also the other writers on the team were all really great drama writers and and just the idea of like getting across a desert carrying a burden like you know christ with his cross it just you know some stories have the scaffold or the bones to carry more weight and you you can identify you go okay this story's it's a fun idea it's it's going to be a comedy because it can't carry much weight whereas a a road journey across australia the guy heading towards his home and a you know that's got that's got big strong scaffold that you can hang a lot on and i just sort of we just discussed that a lot and i thought let's not let, let's go for it let's try and really hit people in the guts at some point here now one thing about this um about just watching it and one thing i i liked but i don't know if this crossed your mind or did you just do it it's um a lot of australia to an american audience uh, like yeah. I, it's like a lot a lot <laughs> dialogue as far as the the references as far but did you care how the American audience perceived well, it. Well, I, I, I was very keen that, that Americans watch this because I do think it's a universal story. It is. And, and what you want to do is get the balance right because it's frustrating as an Australian. You know, I've lived in the States, obviously, and, and everyone's like that a lot of American sense of Australia is just so skewed by the freaking crocodile hunter and Mick Dundee and just like... It's, 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 it'd be like an Australian thinking America is the America of the Wild West, you know. It's just, you know, this perception that our country's dangerous and, and not particularly sophisticated and, you know, like, like Australia is a wealthier country than America and it's more techno- as technologically advanced and our education's better and our health is better and... Um, uh, oh dear. Um, so, so we, 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 this idea that we're a backwater is annoying. However, you also don't want to tell a story of Australia without, like, I mean, it, there are there is some mad people in the middle of our country, and the middle of our country has no cities. It's it's as big as the United States, but we've only got twenty million people in the whole country, and and there's vast, vast areas of our country that is. Um, unpopulated and um and yeah there are snakes and stuff so i i wanted to get the balance right between kind of exploiting that aussie cliche stuff but not being an aussie cliche and i think i think upright does that you get to spend time in the outback of australia and you get to spend time with these eccentric characters but 
but the story is universal and it's not in, it's not dumbed down. It's it's not kind of like that, like, oh, we're Aussies and we're super right. simple, nice people and, you know, we're a bit unsophisticated, but we're really nice, eh? It's just like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one thing I, I, I want to know, um, this is more of a personal thing because I always love asking artists this question. Can you watch your work or listen to your work objectively? Or do you just like, oh, shut it off. I, I can't see me or I can't listen. Um, I, I'm a bit in between. I, it, it, it depends. There's stuff I can't, with, with my live performance stuff, it takes about eight years before I can, before I can watch it without cringing. Oh. Um, like it takes a long, long time. And with, but, but like upright, I, I haven't, I've only watched it once since it got finished, but I, I like it because it's not me, you know, it's the light and the makeup and the hair and the acting allows me to have a sense of removal. And also it just depends. Some, some stuff you make you really proud of and some stuff you make you're like, ugh, that wasn't my best work. And you just, it can be, it, it can be really, you know, and I hate my singing voice and I hate my face. And, but I must admit over the years, I've got better at just going, Uh, no one cares whether you hate your voice or your face you've got work to do like get in the studio and mix the songs and stop going i don't like my voice like just shut up just it's not about you you know so i have got a bit better at strangely just not indulging my insecurities they can bugger off really Um, and they're still there i just don't indulge them speaking of insecurities like one of the biggest magnets of my insecurities is like my son and like, <laughs> like, I don't know what he has in him, but he doesn't understand, or I think he gets it a little bit, the podcast world. And I don't know if you've seen me motion with my hands. I'm like, all right, get out, get out, get out, get out. And like, he, he's like, yeah, my voice is screaming downstairs. Exactly. He's trying to like, in. and I'm curious, do your kids kind of understand what you're doing or? Do they just see you doing a thing? Do they ever put two and two together? Um, well, my kids are 13 and 11 now, so that they increasingly have an understanding of it. Um, I don't live a, you know, I live a really, I, I don't, you know, I do this sort of press with smart people and talk about my work, but I don't do red carpets and I'm, I'm not in magazines. And so, Thank you for all to be smart. It just occurred to me. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, take that. Um, <laughs> I, I, we don't live a celebi life. Um, and so it took years before my kids really even understood that I, you know, I'd get stopped on the street and they wouldn't really understand it. Um, that I think probably Violet, my daughter's getting to an age where it, I, I don't think having a high profile parent is good for kids basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the reasons I've tried to sort of stay behind the camera and do more composing and stuff and not just always be on the telly and stuff. Um, uh, that I think, yeah, they don't really <laughs> respect me. Like my, I want my daughter to watch upright and she doesn't want to watch it. And they oh, don't really okay. Care. okay. Yeah. You know, like, they, they've come to one concert. They came to a concert recently. I thought they were old enough. It wasn't one of my sort of, it, it didn't have too much adult material. Um, mm-hmm. 
the experience of sitting in a room with 3,000 people clapping your dad, I think, is really discombobulating, actually. Um, well, but I have to let them experience it because it is my life. I understand. Um, now, I am by no stretch of the imagination the cool dad, by, by no means. Like, my, da- uh, my son comes in here and he sees dad. Oh, it's just dad playing with his computer again. Yeah. And, yeah. like, sometimes they peek in and see... I guess pop stars like yourself and it's just sort of like, <laughs> and he's, he's starting to, he doesn't get it, but he sees dad talking to the guy from TV. So yeah. he's like, he has questions. How old is he? Um, He's seven. Yeah. Right. So, so starting he to get his head questions. around it. And I'm trying to explain to him, no, this is not per- normal per se. No. It's normal for us, but this can go away at any moment. I uh, remember when my kids were young and in, in America, you know, we didn't watch any network telly, but we'd, we'd, we tend to watch telly that we know people in because you want to support your friends and you want to watch. Right. You, you know, you want to watch what your mates are doing, either actors or writers. And my kids just thought it was totally normal that they'd be watching telly and there's, there's Ewan, and then he comes through the front door for a, for a dinner, you know. Right, the, the, right. But for years, they're just like, well, everyone knows everyone on telly. It's just a normal thing. <laughs> it's a normal thing. I'm trying my best to strip that from them. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, this is just what it is. And I guess well, I can get there in the end. Maybe. But one yeah. thing I, I think I want to learn from you, because you've been doing this for quite some time, like after all your achievements, after all your projects, after all you've done, if you sat down and just broke it down to your kids or me or whoever, yeah, you'll seem pretty down to earth. What makes you um, not really take it, take yourself or take all of this so seriously? I think I take it. I think I take myself too seriously. I think I take. Really? Yeah, I think I take the project. I, 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 I don't. I'm not very light. Uh, I, I take, I have a lot of fun and I try to have fun. I get very upset about like, you know, like all of us these days with too much. I, what I've done recently to make myself a lot happier is stop reading Twitter. I, I really, really was not in a good mental space simply because I was reading too much news, especially from your country. <laughs> um, but. Sorry. Um, yeah, can you, get, can you fix that, please, Sam? Um, uh, the, I think I, I take my work very seriously. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a workaholic. Um, I really love my work, and I really try and get the balance right. But I do work a lot, and I, I take the mission to try and live a good life and be a good person very seriously. And I'm hard on myself when I think I've failed and. It's a bit tiring, um, but I, I really, you know, care about stuff and I'm a bit um, uh, analytical, which can turn into self-indulgence very quickly. And I'm very aware of that. And, oh, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm hoping as I get through my 40s, I learn to be a bit more settled and not so desperate to make the next, what's my next thing I'm going to make and how do I make it better and, you know, um, yeah. I, I need to chill the f out a little bit, take a few more holidays, and but but I think I'm a, a, an okay dad. I, I worry that I'm bringing up my kids to think intense pursuit of 
you know, excellence or whatever is the only value set. Um, right. I, I actually think as my kids have got a bit older and I don't know how, where you're at with this, I, I brought my kids up to be like you polite and, you know, you do your best all the time. And I, I feel like I need to change that dial a bit and just let them know they don't have to do anything. They're, they're, they're loved anyway and they can be a bit messy and they can not always be perfect. And, and that I need, I think I've, I've made them feel like they have to be like outstandingly good children all the time. And I need to let them know that they can throw paint at the wall sometimes, you know. I, I'm on the fence with that a little bit because I do find myself pushing that same drive I have. Yeah. And it feels weird. It, and it, and it, it feels weird to do it because it's, it's not, it's not exactly in my kid's nature, but I want him to do his best. But yeah. in order for him to do his best, I kind of got to establish what the best is air quotes. And unfortunately, yeah. in order to do that, you have to jump into that little monster I have in my brain that says like, all right, we got to go. go. We yeah. Gotta go. We got to, you want them to inherit that drive. You do. You you, uh, you you do want your kids to inherit drive, but you don't want them to inherit a sense that if they don't kick goals all the time, they're exactly. a failure. I try to make it more of a safety net. Like yeah. if, if he falls short of whatever that goal is, hey, I'm still here. Hey, I'm going to hug you. Hey, we're going yeah. to it, – it's cool. You did your best. You tried your best. You, you tried. You did your – I'd rather you – try yeah. and fail instead of just yeah. not try at all. Yeah. 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 And it's kind of hard pushing that to a seven year old, but, um, no, but that's when they learn it. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think, um, my mission for the next 10 years is just to, cause of course what you tell your kids is nothing compared to what you show your kids. So modeling behavior is what makes your kids not lectures. I, um, well, I'm a, I'm a lecturer. I like to go, this is how you should be. But of course, all they're yeah, doing is too. watching. They're, they're watching me and they're watching how hard I work and how, how addicted I am exactly. to, to other people's affirmation and how addicted I am to, you know, achieving goals. And I need to show them that it's okay to like chill a bit. I, that's I, the hard part. Uh, and and that, I need that for me and my marriage and everything as well. I'm saying it's that for me. It's been an intense 15 years. Like, exactly. Hey, I'm I've saying been pushing me, hard. Like, that's hard to shut off something I've been doing for decades. Totally. I'm so used to pedaling. Exactly. Mm. I mean, but, hey, before I get off here, uh, I do want to highlight one thing. Your work, I mean, that same drive, that same thing that pushed you, you actually – do it for good with your charity work, whether it be activism, whether it be fundraising, the white wine in the sun, uh, the fading symphony, come home, uh, still call Australia. I mean, like for a guy who had, I mean, who really loves his home, really loves the people around him. You really do a great job showing that, showing how much you care and showing about community and being together and just keeping it all together. I mean, do you want to speak a little bit of your charity work or you just kind of want to uh, be? Yeah, no, I mean, I really appreciate you pointing it out because uh, I, I, I don't, I don't get, do enough. I don't, I don't do enough for charity and I don't 
I, I'd like to do better at that, but I, I, and I, and to the extent that I do that work, I don't do it to get affirmation, but um, it, it is nice because in my position, what people really want when they interview me in a lot of, in Australia, especially is for me to say something contentious so they can, they can, so they can say Tim Minchin's raging against this now. And I always think, well, sure, you can write about what I'm cross about or what I, but why don't you also write about like all the nice things I do so you don't paint a picture of me as this edgy guy because I'm just not. Um, so I really appreciate you noticing and bringing it up. I, I think um, finding ways to, you know, this notion of checking your privilege, which um, oh. I, I think it's a very, very good, important notion. That, that's one of the good things to come out of the internet is these ideas, these, exactly. these memes. And check your privilege is a good meme, but, of course, it's mutated and become just a thing people it's hit each other right with. Now. Yeah. And I, um, what I'm really interested in making sure, I, I'm very, very aware of my privilege, almost cripplingly aware of my privilege. I, 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 because I am a materialist, I understand the extent to which luck is the really only fucking thing that, to which to attribute anything that's good in my life. Um, and because of that, so checking your privilege to me is know, understand the role of luck, which is pretty much everything, and find ways to mitigate your own luck by sharing it, by helping people less lucky to the extent that you can. And I, I really, if I could say anything about charity, it's like get off the internet and telling people, like don't just check your privilege by posting something supportive on Instagram or, 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 or discuss the notion of privilege by batting other people over the head with it, actually do actions that acknowledge your privilege. And that's what I'm trying to do and definitely not doing enough. But I guess that's my little bit on that. <laughs> hey, one thing I can say, I was privileged to have this conversation with you mainly because I, I, I'm eating up your time a little bit and I thank you for going a little bit overtime. It's just you're an interesting guy, and quite honestly, when you get two guys, I mean, when when you start hitting on stuff, I just kind of want to sit back and listen. Yeah. So, I no, mean, I love chatting with people who are in, interesting and interested. It's much it's it's much more fun than just doing an interview that's trying to hit the beat. So I really appreciate it. I try my best not to do those type of interviews, but sometimes it comes out in the way, and sometimes it doesn't. But it, yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, but before we get out of here, you, we got to do it. We got to hit the beats somehow. Let's do the big plug. And all things Tim mentioned. Just go ahead. Show the main thing I want. Uh, the, you know, we're here to talk about my album, Apart Together. My next single is called Airport Piano. It comes out in a few I weeks. Love that song. It's, really, it's really fun. And, um, uh, and then the album apart together comes out in November and it's like an hour long proper sit down and listen storytelling record. You can get it on vinyl and pre-order it now. And if you're in the States, I really want you to watch upright. It's on sunrise, uh, sorry, Sundance now, which you can get through lots of places. Amazon. Yeah, and I, stuff. I got the app. So. Yeah. 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 Um, cause you'll love it. Stick with, stick with upright. Like you'll, you might find the first couple of episodes like tonally for Americans, like what is this? But you will absolutely not regret going all the way. 
I will say this. I've shown my best restraint not to ask you about season two or what's coming next. Uh-huh. Which I think is a lot of restraint for me because I want to know, but I don't want to spoil it. So, I don't know. Yeah, COVID has kind of screwed us on season two, but that doesn't mean it's gone forever. It's just, you know. Delayed. We, yeah, it's just exactly that. Back However, there. I mean, like, in one little beat about this album. Now, I, I did read this. And if this sounds like a hat question, I apologize. But apparently this is a 20-year project in the making of this album. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it's it's not. I've been making it over the last two years. But the weird thing, when I was in my teens and 20s, I guess what I thought I would try and do is be a musician, a singer-songwriter, like have a band. And uh, And really in about 2000, I set about trying to get a record deal and it's now 2020. I'm releasing my debut album. I've been writing songs for 30 years, 35 years. And, um, and, uh, yeah, this is, this is the debut album. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous, but, um, I've done all this live stuff and all this theater and I finally got into the studio and done it. So, and I, I like it, you know, it's not, it's not going to be for everyone and it's not going to break records or get number one on the pop charts, but I really hope, um, people enjoy it you don't know that it could i, I really <laughs> never <did>. know <laughs> no, you never know because it's a great storytelling album and i love it and um like i said i um is it cool if we play a few cuts on the podcast from it yeah because totally. uh, yeah. i want to give people a little snippet of it that way they could go out and they could check it out i'd love you to do that that'd be brilliant all right well tim thank you again for giving us a little bit of your time and um, I wish you the best and just just keep prospering and just keep doing your thing, man. Thanks so much, Sam. Thank you so much for the time. All right. Thank you. And I appreciate it. Have a great day. Night. What is it? Yeah. That's, all right. Have a great day. All right. That's cool. All right. Cheers, Sam. <laughs> Bye, Ali. I wrote this song on an airport piano. I was a guy disturbing your journey from security. To gate 23A Maybe you noticed me I wrote this song cause I had a spare hour I was delayed Trying to get back to my babies In Sydney And I noticed the keys So I'm writing the song Women in SUV Porsches Always look miserable I don't know why they're so sad Maybe it's the calories it could have had and met in cafes and ski resorts Trying to connect with their sons Look like they just wanna hit them I mean I'm sure that they dig them Underneath all the gear A young man in our Jordans Just left me five dollars on the piano Always love me, it's Or is it only the boat?
woman is found Pays for his six inch Then forgets that his bag is unzipped So the contents of it is disgorged And a jar of Viagra spills onto the ground Women in SUV Porsches always look miserable And I know why they're so sad I know why they're so sad They thought they'd be happier than they were in their forts But now they're bored of their Porsches And they're looking for more They're out there shopping for more And their husband's so fat And his new Lycra shorts Trying to pedal his way back to 94 Trying to wind back the clocks To be four, to be four They had this boat and this house And this bite and single airport piano by my man tim mentioned you can catch that on the debut album it's called apart together it comes out november 20th please pre-order now go into samtronation.com click on the amazon link check him out on all forms of social media tim mentioned all one word whether that be facebook instagram twitter it's all right there also, I got to do this. I'm in a good mood. I will address them shortly. But my friends, my guys at the Act Accordingly podcast with Bash and Z, please check them out wherever podcasts can be heard. <clears throat> Excuse me. Found. So please check them out. And um, that's great. What I, what I want to do, all, um, I'm going to close this out, but I want to play one more song. We actually talked about this a bit. And I don't want to leave you hanging. Please get this album from wherever you get albums, preferably Amazon, Be a Central Nation. But I want to end this with the song I'll Take Lonely Tonight that jumped into a lot of discussion between me and Tim in the interview, as you saw, as you heard. And everything related to Just Talk With Sam podcast can be found at samshownation.com, your home for everything related to Just Talk With Sam podcast. It's all right there. Um, you can talk to me personally on Twitter at SamShow11, Facebook and Instagram, just talk with Sam, no G in talking, just talk with Sam. And you can email me at just talk with Sam at gmail.com. Again, thanks to the great Tim Mention for just g- giving us a little bit of his time, excellent interview. And I did not bug him with upright questions, even though I do want to, never mind, never mind, I had my chance and I blew it. So, um, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to play, play this out, and I will see you guys next week. Name of this song is I'll Take Lonely Tonight by the great Tim Minchin off the Apart Together album coming out November 20th. See you guys next week.
take lonely tonight. Your offer is kind, and I must confess that I find your casual caresses and that pretty dress pretty hard to resist. And Christ, what a night! I think you're pretty high. I know I'm pretty pissed, but I'll take lonely tonight. Though I'm not denying I hate being alone. So I know regret in the making. You're one of those others I swore I'd forsake. And although this extraction is taking a great act of will, I got a girl has my heart in a house on a hill. So though I am hungry and tempted, I'm sorry I'm not gonna bite. I'm gonna take lonely. Chances for what is life for but to shag, drink, and dance? And teenager me would be screaming his pants off, begging me to stay. But my girl has my heart in a house half a planet away, and I'd rather murder. So sorry, though it feels so right. I'm gonna take lonely tonight. Odysseus wasn't strong enough to endure the siren song, and so he made his sailors tie him to a mast. And Jesus spent forty days and forty nights. Break as fast if this is true. The devils should have offered him you. God damn it! I'll take lonely tonight in my three point five stars. Boutique hotel, 
Where I will spend twenty-five bucks on mini bar snacks and pass out on my phone, and waken for hours or so, soaked in relief to find I am alone, with only the wrappers of Pringles and Snickers for which. To atone, blissfully lonely.